Vahidi Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen. No flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Hey, howdy, hey. And thank you for joining us here on the Channel Tiki Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Alan. I'm Keith. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 22 for the week of March 23rd, 2014. This week, we are once again excited to have another special guest on the show. She has welcomed us home to Walt Disney World with her must-dos and has entertained us with her voice. Tonight, we welcome Stacy J into the Tiki Hut. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, guys. Good to be here. So uh, we, we really appreciate you uh, coming on for the second time around. <laughs> After we had the technical difficulties the last time, it was a nightmare for us. No, it's because uh, the first time, just uh, just an explosion, it went viral, and we just had to do a sequel <laughs> because it was just, I mean, we were we were shutting down the internet. Isn't that yeah, what happened? Remember? That, I think that's what happened, exactly. We'll stick with that anyway. Yeah. Yep. the story I thought we agreed on, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, oh, it's my pleasure. There. I understand stuff happens, and um, so we'll just try to be fabulous one more time. Sounds good to All me. Right. All right, so uh, question number one. How did you get your hosting job for Disney? Well, I started for my diehard fans back in 2005 with the Top 7 Must-Sees, and that came about from auditioning at a casting office in Atlanta, and... It was a kind of a couple of day process. I went for the audition a couple of days later, got a call back. The director was there. And then within a very short time, I think it was, I don't know, it was just less than a week. I was um, on a plane going to Orlando and trying to cram the script into my brain because as some people know, there is scripted uh, copy for the shows for the top seven and obviously must do Disney now, but there's a lot of improv too. And, and, and so some of it, that I do stays in, some of it doesn't, but it's really important to get people's words right. I mean, I like to take liberties, but for things that are really important, like Magic Your Way tickets and things that have to be really specific, um, you've got to make sure you're you're saying what you're told to say. So it was really an intense process because I had a very only had a couple of days to learn this huge script, and it was my first real hosting gig. I had done some plays and commercials and... Um, and then ended up getting into television and film after I started hosting. But I really was, I remember at one point thinking, oh my gosh, like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I, <laughs> um, so it was really exciting. I mean, it was something that I, I still to this moment, I'm so grateful for But yeah, it started back in 2005 and then Must Do Disney came about in 2009. And that's where we are today. So just like so many things I get, I mean, some things I get offered right away and some things I have to go in and try to do my best work and I get and some things I don't get. So in this case, it was an audition and a callback and the rest is Disney history. (laughs) Thank God for the rest for all of us, right? (laughs) Yeah, really. How long does a segment take to film with Disney? Well, it kind of depends. I mean, I'm out here in L.A. and they're in Orlando, obviously. So sometimes... I'll just do voiceover updates if they don't need me to be there. But I've been there as short as 36 hours, 
and as long as 10 days. So it really kind of depends on what I need to do. And, and like the last time I was there doing uh, the uh, magic bands and a few other things, a lot of stuff in Animal Kingdom, I was there for a week. Uh, so it really just depends. There's not really an absolute formula for the length of time. Sometimes they kind of store stuff up and I go for a long time. And then sometimes I remember when I did Expedition Everest, they I did the dialogue by voiceover initially. But then I they said, oh, well, gosh, it's kind of crazy that we have Stacy writing everything and running through everything and to not have her on at that point. It was the number one attraction to not see her on it. So then I had to go and I had to go listen to me. It was such a hardship. (laughs) Uh, I I had to go and ride it a bunch of times. So I was there, I think it was 36 hours. And then we did all the dialogue again because, you know, I mean, I tried to imagine and I mean, I'm, I'm a dancer, I'm an actor, so I can kind of put myself where I need to be, but it's very different when you're around everything and there's people standing around watching and the cameras are on you versus doing it in a, in a recording studio long distance. So sometimes I'll do things by voiceover. And then when I get there, if I'm doing other things, we'll pick it up the same stuff um, on camera, even though it might just be voiceover, just so it's really make sure it matches everything and the energy and all of that. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I can really handle your job only spending 36 hours in Disney World. I mean, that's a drag. No, it's like, here's your Christmas present. Psych, give it back. It really is. I know. I was like, look, I, I actually, well, I did get to ride Expedition Everest a few times in a row, which I always love when we have to do that. But then, yeah, it was literally like, oh, what? what? I didn't even get a lipstick retouch. It was so fast. <laughs> So were you a, a, a fan of Disney before you started working there? You know, I was. I, I come from a very big family, and so hauling five kids around, and we always had my grandparents, and, you know, you don't just necessarily go anywhere quickly or cheaply. So growing up, I mean, I was also dancing six and seven days a week, and prying me away from the dance studio and the stage was like taking, you know, chocolate out of my hand. So... <laughs> I I always loved it. I mean, I loved the movies. I loved, I watched Lady and the Tramp and Mary Poppins. I mean, I loved Disney and the movies and just the whole family-centricness of it. And I make up words in case you don't notice. Um, <laughs> use it. Use it. Family-centricness. It's the new, uh, yeah, it'll be trending any second. Hashtag family-centricness. Um, it's copyrighted uh, now, so don't use it. I know, right? Um <laughs> But I, but I had never gone physically to Walt Disney World until I got the job. And then my first time going to Disneyland was when I moved out to L.A. seven years ago. So, yeah, it was, um, it was always someplace I heard about and knew about but had never truly ever experienced till I was standing there with eyes on me. You were just a rotten kid. I was, I was, I was rotten. I was rotten to the core. I was awful. (laughs) (laughs) I was the perfect child. (laughs) Getting back to the, um, you know, you make up words. I do the same thing. I created a word called, a word called supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've heard of it. They've made songs about it. Really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gosh, I I was like, dear diary, someday I want to meet the person who invented that word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you have. (laughs) Yay. Okay. There's the end of our podcast when there's a lawsuit that comes through. Yeah, great. Yes. 
I right uh, now I'm saying awesomeazing. Like when something's just awesome, but it's more than awesome, it's awesomeazing. So well, that's a good word. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we I, may, I got a million of them. Just how much time we got? You, you might be confusing the people in an Australia, though. <laughs> well, know. it's my thing. <laughs> Is there a funny story from filming that you have that stands out? Um, gosh, there are a lot. Um, well, I will say when I was doing the top seven must-sees, I had. I mean, I was there for 10 days, and that included days of doing picking the wardrobe and, and, and the actual shooting. And I had so many bruises and blisters all over the place that the big dilemma was when we were shooting the water parks, there, was an, there's a, there were two different camera operators. One was the land and one was the sea. And so one was with me in the water, and uh, we kind of collided and... <laughs> He his camera. I mean, it was it was an innocent accident, but his camera just whammed me in my my left thigh. And the first thing I thought of was, oh my gosh! So I just started like I'm underwater, going ow ow ow, and I'm rubbing it, going oh no no no, dissipate the blood. Don't don't get it. (laughs) That's the first I was thinking of. No, I mean I'm in a tankini. I mean there's nowhere to hide. So thankfully. We finished all the water stuff, but then the next day I woke up and it looked like you had taken a softball and just pummeled me. I had this huge bruise on my upper thigh and we were going to Hollywood Studios and I had this little denim mini skirt and I'm just like, oh, please, God, please let it cover. And it had, it just literally covered the bruise. So nobody knew, but it was, it became a joke with the crew. It was like, I mean, I'd have, I had so many band-aids on my, and plus, listen, I was a dancer, so I had bloody toes and toenails falling off from doing point and ballet. So, I mean, I was not, um, I was, I have a very high tolerance for all of that. So, but it was literally like I had one production assistant who was like my band-aid guy. He's like, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I need a refresher. This one's coming up. So I, I I mean, I came home and my family's looking at me like, what did they do to you? I mean, it was really funny. They're my battle wounds. That's amazing that you, you know, you didn't break down and just cry right there. I know. Thanks for noticing. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> He's going to use that all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I need to start throwing that. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. This, I am like an encyclopedia of Stacey-isms. <laughs> uh, do you often get recognized at the parks, at, uh, you know, more particularly like if you go to Disneyland? Um, I have gotten a little look-see at Disneyland. Not as much, because the times I've gone, um, you know, I don't sort of walk around making a spectacle of myself any more than I normally do when I'm just myself. But um, but I do sometimes, and then, and then sometimes when I, I remember being in a Trader Joe's in the produce section, and I just hear, oh, it's you! And I looked, and I'm like, yes, it is me, it's me, this is me, who are you? And it was this, this these two guys um, and they're like, are you Disney Stacy? And I said, well, I think, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and so we were all like, you know, talking over asparagus beers. It was pretty funny. <laughs> sometimes I, when I go to auditions for other things, especially callbacks when the directors are there or the ad agency people are there, if it's commercials, and they'll go, oh, yes, hi, how are you? We just spent the week with you. We were just at Disney. And so sometimes it's a good thing, and sometimes I'm like, oh, boy, I'm not going to get this one because they're like, I can't possibly look at her anymore. So. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. I'm sure. <laughs> 
That happens to me when I'm at Trader Joe's, too. I know. I thought I recognized you in the spinach section. <laughs> yeah, either that or by the salsa. Oh, yeah. Hot, mild, medium. What's oh, the hot. I love the hot one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get your start in voice acting? Well, that started a little bit before I moved to L.A., but pretty much when I moved to Los Angeles, I... I knew that I was coming out here with no plan B. I mean, I knew I was coming out here to go for it full throttle with hosting and I was doing television work and film. And so I, because obviously this business is, is you're up and you're down and, and you're literally on a roller coaster on any given day with it. I said, you know, let me see what else I can do that's still within that sphere and is going to give me more possibilities for for work, obviously, but also just to learn and grow as an artist. So I I love voice acting because I love the challenge of not being seen, but still having to be an amazing storyteller and be as full as possible. And I, you know, my parents always were playing Masterpiece Theater or Prairie Home Companion or the radio plays. And so I always was so fascinated with how incredible these actors were that were just responsible for every piece of the story and there was music, obviously, that enhanced it, but they were they were it. And so they created such a vivid reality. So I thought that was always so interesting. So when I got out here, I knew I was coming to one of the hubs for it. And I said, well, let me throw my hat in that ring and see what happens. And it was great because I was very fortunate to meet a man named Chuck Duran who did my demos and he is literally the most respected demo producer in the business. He has clients all over the world. I mean, he is... He is the guy. If you if you Google best demo voiceover demo producer, he's like the first one that comes up in Google. Um, and so a lot of people I knew said, don't even waste your time. Go to him for your demos. And so I did. And he was so great to start hiring me for campaigns before I even had an agent. And then I got an agent and and, you know, started working pretty quickly. So um, it was one of those things like I it's kind of my attitude with a lot of things in my life is that I'm as long as I'm breathing, it's not impossible. So I kind of just put in my mind that this is what I want to do. This feels, my gut is telling me, my little voice, whatever you want to call it, the Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it, is telling me, is guiding me in, in a certain direction. And so I just felt really strongly about it. And I just didn't even have a, an option to not get into it. And it certainly has been really great and has led to other things and and I'm really, I just, I love the challenge of it. It really challenges me as an actor to be, to be the storyteller that you can't see, especially with things like comedy and because it's so visual. Now, um, speaking of Chuck Duran, you, um, that's your, your partner on VO Buzz Weekly, correct? Yes, he is awesome. Yes, we started VO Buzz Weekly together two years ago. We just put up our 110th episode. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, and... It's been an incredible, incredible journey because we really, we kind of wanted to do something collaboratively that was creative and brought both of our strengths to the table, but also was about putting the face to the voice that people don't get to see and celebrating this industry. And then it's also kind of grown into a broader thing, which is really about looking at the habits and patterns of of people that are successful and what do they do and how it is really a universal thing, whether you're a teacher or a doctor or a voice actor or a mechanic, 
rejection is rejection, resilience, persistence, all of those things are universal. And so what I love is when we get emails from people that say, you know what, I'm not even a fan of voiceover per se, or I don't want to be a voice actor or involved in any way, but it's really, really, it just resonated me when, you know, Scott Rummel was talking about how they told him he didn't have it and he should just give up. And now Scott Rummel is a millionaire, one of the top promo, uh, promo trailer voices in the business. And and so what I like is when people see it not just as, oh, it's not just a voiceover show. It is about helping people be their best and achieve right. their dreams. And that, you know, obviously it's evolved. And two years later, we are moving bigger and better and higher. And we're in 85 countries now, I think, maybe 90 countries. Um, so, you know, we're just, we have really we're really just continuing to make it bigger and better. And, um, and I think it's working. I mean, I'm really, I'm really proud of it because I, I love what I do, but I love that I get to be in the driver's seat of this project and I get to be a producer and director and writer as well as a host. And I'm grateful to have the kind of platform we have now to have the internet that I can create something like that versus waiting for a television executive to say, sure, I'll, I'll produce your show. I mean, we have this great internet that allows people to create their own things and find their audience. So it's pretty fun. I mean, every day is kind of like a new adventure, but we've got a lot of good, a lot of fun stuff coming up this year that we're working on. And uh, so stay tuned. More to come for sure on that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, VO Buzz Weekly. Oh, thanks. I, I, I've been a fan for a long time. And uh, the one one question I wanted to ask you about it was, who was your favorite person to interview on there? I know that my favorite oh. one that you did was uh, June Foray. I know. Uh, I, that was lovely. my favorite one because I knew her voice as a kid. Yes. And Were you a Rocky and Bullwinkle fan, Natasha? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I was just fascinated. One of the things she had said was that, you know, she played a grandmother, I think, with... Uh, was it Looney Tunes or something yeah, like the, that? Yeah, Granny. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. She's still doing the, the the Granny voices now, the you know the voices. That's what she she's saying. This all she can get now because she's older. But yeah. uh, she was being funny about it. But she was amazing. All the work that she's done. I was just. I like, know. She's I on can't two shows it. right now. She's like ninety six years old. She's on two shows yeah. right now. She won an Emmy last year. The oldest person to win an Emmy. I mean, she is so amazing, and she's such an incredible example of when you do what you love and you are authentic to yourself and to your passion and what makes you really, really tick, you can do it literally forever. I mean, she works all the time. She goes to theater. She's a huge animal advocate. We talked a lot about that. It was off camera, but we talked about shoes, too. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, we, she's just, she's so vital and such a one. I mean, it was so inspiring. Chuck and I both and our crew, we were all just kind of going, let's just take a moment. I mean, after she left, I said, we just need to sit still for a moment and just really take in what just happened. Because what an incredible person. I mean, she and Mel Blank, I mean, they are really responsible yep. for why we have a voice of our business. I mean, they are incredible. So she was definitely a highlight for me. I mean, it's really hard to say. I'm so bad at the favorite. You guys know this from from episode one. I'm so so bad at the favorite things because it's like if you ask me tomorrow, I'll go, oh, yeah, this is what I But, I mean, that was really cool. I mean, it was really cool to... to obviously meet her. It was really cool to actually um, be at the Don LaFontaine voiceover lab and talk to Don's wife, 
Nita Whitaker-LaFontaine and his agent, Steve Tisherman, and his two best friends, Paul Pape and Joe Cipriano, and to be in this place, which again, Don LaFontaine was a huge reason why the promo trailer medium is happening. He was, you know, they call him the... The, the voice of God, the king of voiceover. <laughs> um, that was really so fascinating. I mean, after the fact, we all kind of felt like we knew him because they were so generous with the stories we told and we were in the lab that now bears his name. And you just felt like kind of the angels were around you. It was really, that was very cool. Um, but I mean, I'm telling you, like I do a lot of research on every guest. I spend a lot of time to make sure that we really know who we're talking to and that we really give whoever we have on the show, the opportunity to talk about what they want to. Because, you know, sometimes when you're at Comic-Cons or other talk shows, they're like, talk about the movie, talk about the show. And so I love when people feel really, they're like, gosh, this is just sort of like being in someone's living room talking. And they undoubtedly will say something like, gosh, I haven't haven't talked about that in 20 years, or I haven't thought about that in forever. I've never told anybody that. So what I love is that we kind of, without being intrusive – we really give people a chance to get to know these people and not just do a funny voice and 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 just treat them like a puppet. You know, they get to be human and they get to share their their advice to someone or or things that they would tell their younger self or they get to reflect on things too. And so that I think is always really nice and I think it's really helpful for someone listening or watching. I just wanted to um, give a quick uh, shout-out. Um, Rock Sugar, that band is fantastic. For Isn't it? Oh, it's it's yeah. amazing to hear them, you know, like take a metal song and like a pop song and mash it. Yes, that Rock Sugar, for those that don't know, is the brainchild of Chuck Duran and Jess Harnell, who is one of the top animation voice actors. And they've been friends since they were kids. And in band, all different bands, Uh, since they were kids and they came up with this a few years ago and it's really been an incredible experience and Chuck is the is the guy responsible for putting them together um he's an incredible musician he's got an amazing ear and um and they've played all over the world and opened for ACDC and Aerosmith and Poison and Twisted Sister and everybody in between and so it's really cool yeah so Rock Sugar um, if you go on YouTube and, and search Don't Stop the Sandman, that was kind of their first yeah. viral. Yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy great. If you were able to voice any character, who would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, hmm. Well, I do love I do love Lady and the Tramp. I, I probably, it would probably have to be some sort of animal. <laughs> probably some <laughs> sort of animal. Maybe Minnie Mouse. <laughs> That's a cool one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's pretty adorable and she gets to talk to Mickey all the time, so that could <laughs> Yeah, he's a stud. <laughs> we know I have a little crush on my Mickey, you know that. <laughs> yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually Mickey Mickey Mouse a couple of times growing up for Halloween. The, the, oh, were you? the hogs the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I took so much care with the nose. Yeah, it was very it was a very big deal. So, I guess you know, I've sort of been preparing this for my whole life. <laughs> So, you're known for your must-do lists. Is there anything on your must-not-do list at Disney World? Must-not-do? You must-not-do... Let's see. You must-not-miss any of my must-dos. How's that? (laughs) 
Hi, my name's Switzerland. What's yours? <laughs> I, you know me, I like my thrilly ones. Right. Um, I do like the ones that twirl and twist and go up and down. Um, the more screaming, the better. So, I don't know. I think the must-don't is waiting in a long line. Get the fast pass, man. Do the fast pass. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No one wants to wait long. No. No, there's not much fun with that. <laughs> you do a lot for animals. Where did your passion for animals come from? I think it probably started from when I was really little. My mom grew up on a farm, actually, a dairy farm. And she would always tell us, you know, she had a pet raccoon and she named all the cows. And, you know, I I always had that appreciation that animals are not a species that are less than me or demand less dignity or respect than me. And we always had on our back porch just lines. It looked like the buffet of of different dishes of milk and water and food and dry food and wet food and fresh turkey from the Thanksgiving. And, you know, and we'd have cats and dogs always on our back porch that either didn't have a home or someone wasn't taking good care of. And then they suddenly became ours. So I've always had that love for them. And I just feel very connected to them, their spirit. There's just, they're such incredible teachers. And I, I feel so honored to get to live with animals. I have currently have my little, what I call my pride and joy. I've got my four cats. Um, and I'm sure I'll have a herd of whatever has paws and whiskers and needs a home, turtles, whatever. You, I have an open revolving door in my house. But um, I think it was just watching my parents have such a uh, such a respect for them and and just love just unconditional love for them and so I just knew early on that I wanted to help them I knew that I wanted to do whatever I could so now as my resources grow I do a lot for with different animal rescue groups um, I mean my ultimate dream is to have my own have have sanctuaries all over the country so they're in my lifetime I will see the end of animal homelessness and cruelty. That is the ultimate goal. Is That's to, a great goal. Yeah, it is. Yes, is to be a huge part of that solution. So, I mean, I do my part by rescuing my own animals, by encouraging people not to buy their animals, unless it's making a donation to a shelter or a rescue, um, to just be more creative. If you want a purebred animal, there are purebred rescues. There are purebred animals in shelters every day being put down because they can't find a home in time. So, just just encouraging people to be creative and be patient that you can find that animal that you want. Um, but just just go the route of supporting the, the amazing people and, and, and organizations around the country that work tirelessly to rescue animals from cruelty. I mean, I love all the Michael Vick dogs were rescued by best friends. They all have found forever homes and been rehabilitated. So, I mean, it's just, we should all take a lesson from animals that, that you you can be resilient, you can forgive, you can move forward without any scars and and wounds of the past. And so for me, like when people want an autograph, I'm happy to give it to them. But if they go to my website, I have a charity page, jcjaswa.com, where if they make a donation, every penny goes to a whole variety of, there's a few listed there, but a variety of different animal rescue groups and organizations. And so I donate that, plus I match it. And so they get a picture that they want personalized to whomever, however, 
Um, it's G-rated, by the way. And uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, jeez. I bet. But, ooh, I, I'm my parents' daughter. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> and not going to write that in a Sharpie for all the time. Um, but 99% of the time, it's very family-friendly. But, um, but this way, they get something, but then we're also helping to rescue and save animals and, and do better things for the world. So... Uh, I think, you know, what is it? Gandhi said that your, you know, society is judged by the way they treat animals. And I think we are getting better, but I think we can do a whole lot better. And so I, I'm just really, I mean, my part too is I'm in a vegetarian. Um, I really try to, to walk the walk and certainly I'm not perfect, but, um, animals are safe around me in every way. (laughs) Good. If you could dance in any Broadway show, which show would it be? Ooh, any Broadway show. Wow. Hmm. I'm going to say West Side Story. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. It's my home. It's New York. I love the music. Oh, my gosh. The music is just... Um, I would say Les Mis, but there's not a lot of dancing in Les Mis. <laughs> There's no, a lot that's of doom my, and gloom in that one. <laughs> that's my favorite play. I think if I mean it is one. mine too. I mean I love it. I literally sit there and sob. I've seen it so many times, and the usher will come up and be like, "Are you okay, Lynn? Like, <laughs> I'm okay. Just been a minute. I'm just a minute. I mean it's just is it not the best? But I love musical, it. Yeah. I'd have to say. Well, I love Evita. I love West Side Story. But West Side Story, I mean, I actually have choreographed West Side Story, um, and it, I just I could listen to that music. On, 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 on. Amazing. Yeah, those are just timeless, classic Broadway yeah. shows. It's yeah. just amazing. It's like I have the – I've always – you know, I grew up – I grew up – I live in New Jersey, so I'm mm-hmm. just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Manhattan. Yeah. So, you know, I'll go to – I don't go as often as I used to, but I used to – when I was in, in high school in, in my my 20s, I used to go see Les Mis like every other month all the oh, time. Wow. So I loved it. it was yeah. amazing. I know. The first time I saw it was in New York, and then I've seen it a few times, you know, around the country, and – um it is just, I mean, I listen to it in my car. I sing it when there's no one, there's no accompaniment. I just do an acapella. I can do the one-woman acapella Les Mis. Um, <laughs> I will spare you right now, but maybe I should post it on YouTube. No. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I play all the roles. I'm a mean Jean Valjean. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can go from Eponine to Jean Valjean in a snap. <laughs> it's pretty compelling. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to post it on YouTube. Let us know. I'd pay to see that. I have, I yeah, would. I think I would do a private link. Okay, true story. All right, Just let's do that. I think I'd have to. Uh, I wouldn't, if, if it was private, I wouldn't spread it. Right, yeah, no. <laughs> so ethical. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have any current projects where our listeners um, you know, could find you or find more information about you? Well, that is something that changes on a daily basis. But right now, obviously, violbuzzweekly.com. We'd love to have you. It's free. Just an email and password. Um, I have, uh, I'm the announcer on, well, now it's in reruns, but I was uh, the season three announcer for Family Game Night. I'm the one giving away prizes, but they went back to a guy for season four. Um, Yeah, like, you know Bring back (laughs) Stacey. Oh, that's very sweet. Listen, it's one of those things, like, I knew... It was a long shot initially when I even got the job because they said, well, we want to try this. And But, you know, I think the network wasn't quite ready for a girl. But that's okay. It was a very cool opportunity. I got to do studio audience warm-up 
for 15 show studio audiences, which I didn't know I could do, but apparently I can now. So that was pretty fun. But no, it was an incredible opportunity. But I actually heard myself the other day. I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be a rerun. But I'm also the announcer on um, a series of TV spots and infomercials for the Nescafe Dolce Gusto with Mario Lopez. Oh. So if you see him hawking coffee machines, I will be right around the corner with my voice telling you all of its snazzy features and how to get it. <laughs> Um, I think I have a bunch of radio spots for AT&T running. Um, I have a video game coming out that I can't talk about, but I think it's coming out this year, they told me. It's one of the big franchises, so I'm very excited about that. Um, And then, you know, I don't know, ask me tomorrow, because it's like I'm in callbacks for a bunch of things, and some of them hit, and some of them it's like, okay, that was fun. (laughs) You know, that was was what it was. I've gotten really proficient at just going, "Uh uh-huh, okay, and I move on, and then if I get called back or they say hey, are you going to be free on Tuesday to shoot it? I go, sure. So it just really it just really depends. But hopefully, uh, as we know, the little mine train is coming. Yep. So I'm hoping that they would like me to sit on that multiple times and talk about it. <laughs> I'm uh, If they're listening, I would love to. So uh, hopefully I'll be back at some point this year to do so. more stuff. Yeah. No. yeah, but the new stuff that I've done is all up and – looking pretty in the show i've seen i've seen it um they sent me a link to it and it's fun and people are enjoying it and all just the cool you know way to go disney man i mean they're just on it keeping up with all the mobile apps and the magic bands and i mean it's just really fun that you can keep the classic elements but that it's it's really appealing to the people that are of all age ranges that are really tech tech right. savvy so it's kind of fun to see i mean in the what nine years i've been around um, to see how things have evolved, it's it's kind of cool to see the changes that have been made. All right. So every guest that we have come on, we ask them the five, the same five questions. Okay. So, um, it's the tiki tiki lightning round. So your favorite snack in Walt Disney World. Now the last time we talked about this, I know, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, you didn't have one, and you said Dole Whip. Have you tried it? I haven't gotten one yet. Oh, Stacy, you're killing us. I know. It's so good. You have no I, idea. I know the problem is, is when I'm there, you know, I'm running around doing my thing, and it's not like, hey, can we pull it over and get behind schedule? So I know it's all it. But maybe I can try to work it into the shot somehow. But I, it, it I is my so. my animal sanctuary and my Dole Whip. Those are my two. So, <laughs> but I do love the beautiful homemade peanut butter cups. Mm. Ooh. Oh, mm. yeah, those mm, are good. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. All right. Your favorite attraction. Okay. Today I'm going to say the Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Love my roller coasters. Love my rock and roll. And if you do that one-woman show, it might be, you know, the Rock and Roller Coaster starring Stacy. Right? I know. I like that. Let's, let's push. I saw Aerosmith in concert last year. They were so phenomenal. Yeah, they uh, put on an incredible show. So yeah. phenomenal. And Cheap Trick opened for them. All these oh, nice. Up. That was like the second or third time I've seen them. Amazing. I have such mad respect for people that just keep doing it, and they just look like they're having as much fun as they did 50 years ago. It's very cool. Yep. That's a good That'll time. be me. I'll be in my hover-round. <laughs> this, this is a hover-round accessible attraction. It'll be like 2073, and I'll be still... <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay. I, I would love to see it. The scooter safety video for Disney. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's up scooting around while Disney World. 
<laughs> okay, now right. I, I'm going to think about that. See, now everyone's thinking about that. Everyone's imagining <laughs> quite a visual, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. In my little... Just, just as you even said the word hover around. I mean, that's just... <laughs> I know, I know. Who needs to do it in the Grand Canyon when you have Walt Disney World to hover around? Right. <laughs> okay, I... I'm sorry. I digress. Number three. <laughs> uh, your favorite character. Is it still Mickey Mouse? Favorite character. Oh, gosh. Um, human or animal? Well, Disney. Okay. It could be anything. Anything. Any human, animal. Um... Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Belle is very sweet. Um, I'm looking at all my cats right now, so they're looking at me going, say Simba, say Simba. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say all of those and and Mickey, of course, because I don't want to be mad at me. (laughs) Because I know he's watching. Um, Your favorite Disney movie? You said Lady and the Tramp before? I do love that, you know, but you know what I would like to do? In addition to my one woman Les Mis show, I would like to do a compilation of all the different things I love about. Because, you know, aren't there certain characters or themes you love about each movie or certain yeah. songs? Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I love the Lion King music. I love Frozen because I have four sisters who I adore. So I just love that sister power. Um, I love Mary Poppins, Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. And, and Up. Hello, Up. If you don't interrupt me, I'm going to keep going. No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm waiting for you to start singing now. That's All you right, know, that's what we're hoping for. Your pan. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your your favorite uh, Disney park memory. Oh. Well, I probably have. This is kind of a. This is my montage. Okay. My my very first stand. My very first shot was for Top Seven Must Sees in um in 2005 was standing in World Showcase before it opened. And I was looking out over the lake, and that was my very first hosting thing, my very first shot. So that, for me, is always in, like, every time I go back, I always think about that, because that was a moment for me. Um, Anytime, every time that I get to be in Magic Kingdom before the park opens, and and I'm usually there, you know, right as, it's dark, but the sun is just coming up, and you're standing in front of the castle, and the sun is coming up. The park is completely quiet. That Every time I get to do that, I just go, wow. Because I just feel like I'm being surrounded by all the beautiful families that have been there, by, by Walt Disney, by Mickey Mouse. By, I just I feel like I'm being lifted up by all the angels that have been there. So that's a special time. You make us all jealous. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> if you could cry a little, it would really put some I, back I'm up. crying inside and on the outside, but I'm, I'm, okay. I'm a man. I'm trying to hold it back. Even hey. though I'm really, I'm really sensitive and sappy, but <laughs> after all men, that late Miz talk, and I gonna... a man that can cry in front of a perfect stranger is a good man to me. So bring on I the still, hot work. I still cry home alone when when Kevin sees his mom. Oh, yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last question. Everybody, everybody yes. wants to know this. Everybody in the world wants to know this. Um, your wardrobe. Yes. Do you still you did a you did an interview I believe it was with Bill Farmer where of you course, wore your yes, F-word, it was our very F-cut shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have the shirt? Of course, it's like in a shrine in my closet. Yes. <laughs> I love now, that shirt. 
it's my it's one of my favorite things ever and when they let me have that I was so excited they let me have a few other things they they said do you want any of this because obviously we were doing new wardrobe for the must do Disney stuff and so they were very sweet to give me uh, the pieces that I wanted so I I took that and I took the animal kingdom shirt with the little wooden little neck tie yes. mm-hmm. and an African print I took that and um, and my little hoodie that they put on me when it was cold in the morning it's really cute I wore that on VO Buzz Weekly as well. I believe it was for, oh my gosh, I'm so crazy, my memory. It was for Brian T. Stevenson. It's a blue quilted little zip-up hoodie from BB. There you go. How how do you like that? That's awesome. That's some recall. See, this is what happens when you don't do drugs or drink alcohol. (laughs) I have so many wrinkles in my brain, it's not even funny. Remember that, kids. (laughs) That's right, kids. This is a public service announcement. Stacy, thank you so much. You were the absolute perfect guest for part two. Oh, thank you, guys. This was such a pleasure. Everybody's going to clamor for a part three, so maybe we can make that happen later on down the road. We'll just keep going. We'll do, you know, like like Transformers. We'll just keep going. Oh, but it's gotten worse every show, every movie. Yeah. That's another story. (laughs) We'll talk about it in part three. That sounds good. Thank you, Stacy, so thank much. Thank you, guys, and thanks for everyone for listening. I so appreciate all of you, and, and you can find me on Twitter and Facebook, and don't be a stranger. Yes, don't be a stranger. All right, guys, this is Alan calling live from the Walt Disney World Resort. Sorry I couldn't be there tonight. My wife and I had a last-minute decision to head down to Florida for the weekend. So I'm currently standing outside the Boardwalk Resort. I have to go get the Heavenly Oreo Cupcake. If you haven't had that, definitely check it out. Uh, it's been a great weekend. I got to see the new Festival of Fantasy Parade today. Uh, expect a review of that in the coming weeks. And all in all, it was just great to get out of North Carolina and get down to Disney one more time. Uh, met a few people who hopefully will become new listeners to the show. So if you are listening to that and you're the person I talked to today while waiting in line for the Citrus World, it's really great to meet you. And I loved your Dapper Day outfit. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it live from the Walt Disney World Resort. Aloha. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Be sure to let us know what you thought of this week's show. You can comment in the show notes over at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. You can email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. And you can also leave us a message on the new Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enchanted Tiki Talk. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Tiki Talk Podcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. And you can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's 1-M-I-N Disney Dream and MouseWorldVacations.com. And you can find me online at DoleWhipDaily.com and on Twitter at DoleWhipDaily. And make sure you follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Norman Bates. That's N-O-R-M-N-B, the number eight, and the letter S. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith and our special guest, Stacy. I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. Time to do the must-do. Look, it's Splash Mountain. Here I go.